Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, a podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Wow. Wow, it worked. Look at that production value. Look at that. For those watching, just production value up the ass. That was amazing. We're really doing Wow, that. Alex. Wow, yeah, we're psycho professionals in the film industry. I mean, whew, I, know. I got day, One day that'll be animated or something. Oh right my now. God, don't you tease about that, please. Right now it's just still. Please don't. Yeah. Okay. That, I love how we're doing this all visually for the podcast. And everyone's like, what are they talking about? I didn't see anything. I'm listening to it in my car. I know. Well, maybe well, if you're check a true it out fan. On YouTube. You, yeah. If you're a true fan, you just pop your little phone on your dashboard, go to the YouTube page and watch it while you're driving. Exactly. Exactly. Especially if you're in LA because you know you're not driving fast. Yeah, or Facebook. Yeah. Whatever. All right, should we start? But yeah, hey everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is episode fifty-two of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I am Trevor L. Nelson. And I'm Alex Stark, and today we're gonna be talking about the three things we wish we would have done differently had we known better. But first, Trevor, mm. what are you drinking? I have a little uh, little little crafty beer i think i don't know if this is trader joe's brand or i don't oh, know yes. it's uh, wait, uh, uh, uh is it uh, called house beer uh no i wish it was house beer uh it's a botswanian or botswain chocolate stout wow chocolate stout, stout beer uh, nice. stout beer brewed with some cocoa powder it's really good nice really good really delicious yeah what about you I, alex what do you drink i have some bullet whiskey that the ice cube has wow. melted quite substantially that's how hot it is yeah this was one yeah i have two shots of whiskey that has now become watered down to uh i don't know a big gulp size yeah yeah i mean it's you know what kind of it is if it's two 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 fingers of whiskey i know <laughs> <laughs> um All right, so, so what's new What's Trevor? new? So I, I meant to uh, mention this uh, last time, but I forgot. So for those who don't know, um, Imagine, Brian Grazer and uh, Ron Howard's company. Oh, yes, I they know. Have like a, they have a accelerator program or they have a mentorship program called uh, Imagine Impact where you can apply and you know, it'll be meant some of the people that, that were imagine films and all that but they also now have struck up a deal with netflix and i think they're doing four prompts over the course of a couple months where you pitch them uh your story idea that follows along the lines of their prompt and then they will choose the ones that they like send them to netflix and you'll be able to work with a screenwriter mentor and you'll be paid the wga minimum to write your script for netflix nice um there's a lot of requirements you gotta do a video you gotta show a completed script uh to show your skill set it doesn't have to be the script for the movie you're pitching uh the first one was a broad audience adventure film and me and alex had a couple but one problem we have with it is that of course netflix owns the entire ip of your idea and one of our ideas we like the ip a lot and we don't want to give that away yeah. um and now the uh next prompt is for a film which i don't maybe alex can cue me in on what he thinks a film that is i thought it'd be tv but but a film that is lifestyle with a competition aspect for a movie yeah i mean that's i'm gonna go 
Check oh. it out. Um, um, lifestyle with a competition aspect. I, I wonder if that's like, um, you know, those those fun sort of like kids movies back in the day, like heavyweights or whatever, where it's, um, uh, I guess, lifestyle based, yeah. but it ends in like a culmination of a competition happening where they have to like prove that they've become better or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that makes that, that does make sense. I it just sounds to me like it was so. It's pretty specific. And weird, yeah, kind of. Let's see here. Know. Applications are now being accepted for lifestyle, lifestyle and competition films. Hmm. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, but that's just yeah, that's just two of the four prompts that they're going to put out. So, yeah. So uh, I would say just Google imagine impact Netflix um, and you'll come up to the prompts and all that and how to apply and what you need to do. And then, Hey, you never know. Maybe your script idea could be on Netflix, like everything else in this world. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Let's see what else is new. Oh, filmmaking central, our website blog, got a little bit of a redesign, tried to make a it simpler, a little bit simpler, faster. I noticed it was like super slow. So yeah. I tried to like make it a little bit run a little bit faster, which hopefully it does. Um, nice. Um, I have noticed a, a few sort of like bugs that happened after an update recently. So you know, sorry about that, but hopefully it'll get fixed in an update here pretty soon. That's that's the web for you. There's always a bug when you update something and make it try and make it better. Something I know. ruins something. Ruined. Uh, ruined. Sucks. Um, also, we got some reviews. Mm. Thanks, guys, for listening. Not only listening, but also reviewing. Very nice of yeah. you. Uh, nice. Mongoose Mitch, great name. Uh, on yeah. Stitcher says, as opposed to many other filmmaking podcasts that are done by people with scant experience, annoying voices, or pointless blathering. Okay, starting uh -huh. so far, so good. Alex and Trevor offer great tidbits of knowledge in between blathering, which is often film-related. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he nailed face. it. He nailed yeah. it. Yeah, smiley face. But really enjoyable to listen to it and informative. Thanks for sharing your knowledge, being approachable, and not all LA look at me. I'm big time and you're naughty. Not nice. not E. Not naughty, but we are naughty. Because yeah. we drink on, on our podcast. I don't know. I know. But uh, thanks, Mongoose Mitch. Appreciate thanks, it, man. Mongoose thanks for Mitch. listening. Appreciate Shout that. out. And we also got one on Apple Podcasts from Brandon Hammy ninety four. Good Says, names. Yeah, really good names. Really funny guys. If you're a filmmaker in any way, these guys know what they're talking about, even though they're drunk and pretty funny. As a writer, listening to the coming up with an idea episode was pretty hysterical. Very true. Yeah. Hey. Pretty much thanks. right. Thanks. I kind of remember I, that episode, but I know. we were drunk. So. I know. I'd like to point out that we're not drunk during, during these. Like It no. takes way more than a, a couple beers to get me drunk. If you guys have heard listened to all of this podcast, at some point we talked about when we go to our writing retreats, we bring a 30-pack of beer and finish it in two days. That doesn't get us drunk. We're able to write. It takes a lot to get us drunk. Now, it really does. two fingers of whiskey on Alex's end may get him drunk after this, depending on how much he Ooh. ate for lunch. But <laughs> we'll I would love to be able to get drunk by a beer or two. But uh, alas, it doesn't happen. I'm so unfortunately, this is just how annoying. Date. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is just how annoying we are when we're sober. I know. Um, so watch I know. out. Um, I also feel like I just sound drunk. Like my voice has kind of do. like a like a weird cartoon character that's drunk voice. That's what my voice sounds <laughs> I would say like. It's just, 
what you what we would say smooth and the words just smoothly integrating with each other is just you slurring your words which makes you sound drunk exactly exactly now and i just have no idea what i'm talking about anytime so i just sound drunk that's i mean yeah that's true yeah comes with the territory it does it does but you're gonna say speaking of, of beer of beer beer and drinks we are Starting the Alex and Trevor No Budget <laughs> Filmmaking Buy Us a Beer Initiative. <laughs> also known as the Beer Fund. <laughs> the Beer Fund. Uh, so if you're a fan of the show and want to support us, we don't really have a Patreon page. We don't have sponsors, you know, at this point in time on the show. Um, so if you want to help support the show, keep it going, uh, you can head on over to nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash beer and send us a one-time contribution. Mm. It could be a dollar. Could be a hundred dollars. Could be a thousand dollars. Could be a million dollars. Could be fifty cents, probably. Oof. I don't know if you wanted uh, to. Yeah. And uh, buy yeah, us a beer. I'll buy a beer. Yeah. So yeah. Much appreciated if you do that. If you don't, don't worry about it. We're still gonna drink our beer and uh, give you all this fun information. Um, exactly. That I mean, I guess at least Mongoose Mitch and Brian Hamney, ninety yeah. four, think is fun. So exactly. Hey, we still have that one Screw bad you, review bot. that <laughs> Funbot. Ah, hate you, Funbot, for that one yeah, bad review. Suck it. God damn you. Uh, but on right. uh, that note, let's uh, move on to the main topic so we don't get more hate mail about how we just talk just at a tangent on and, on and, and on don't on. really talk about anything. Have technical difficulties, uh, so, the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. We're really showing our expertise here. We are. Um, Professional. So, three things we would have done differently had we known better. Now, yeah. I'm not going to say that my industry. three are all, if I, yes, yes. Oh, God, yes. I could go down a deep, dark hole. If we're talking about in life um but uh um uh so um mine i don't know if it's if if i had known better but because uh, i still am out on uh, the verdict is still out on mine uh especially my second one uh and okay. me and alex have this discussion okay. i think i think we have this discussion probably once every other month or something like that but uh well, i'll start with mine we'll go we'll go back and forth one so okay. for me Right out of college, you know, just finished film school, uh, did my, you know, films my senior year, was kind of like ready to do it. Right after I graduated, I shot that uh, that very expensive short. Uh, I was uh, mm -hmm. first AD on that with Alex, um, uh, and I was all raring to go, and I kind of sidetracked it because I got offered a pretty well-paying job right out of college, I guess, for a new college grad at USC where I had worked as a as a student and mm -hmm. it was not per se related to the film industry but it was allowing me to do like film work and they had was, film equipment we actually yeah. used that film equipment it wasn't film um, industry but it was video production I would say yeah right? video production um, we actually used all that a lot of that equipment on the daughter uh, don't tell anyone at that place I still <laughs> talked to them all that we did uh, actually they wouldn't care really um, but um, part of me wishes I would have gotten involved in an internship or an assistantship or something more directly in the film industry. Um, yeah. Now I can't say that it would have made anything differently. Cause I know it would have made the, the future for me different because I know people who did do that and they're kind of in the same position we're in where we're just kind of hustling to make our own things. Sure. Um, but it couldn't have hurt. It would just been more, more, um, connections and more people we know and all that and i guess alex you did do an internship right out of college i did i did well actually i was still in college when i did it um okay 
It was for um, the Weinstein Company. And uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> that really paid off. If you know what I mean. Oh God! Um, <laughs> I was a script reader, which was okay, which was good. Um, and so the internship required a lot of just reading scripts, writing coverage. But the thing about it that I found, in, I mean, I guess if you have like a an aggressive personality. You probably could have made something happen in terms of like the networking, but like literally I walked in, I went into like <laughs> what was essentially a box of an office and sat there by myself with a pile of scripts reading them. Like that I wasn't I wasn't interacting with people. I mean every once in a while they made me like get people's lunch. But like other than that I wasn't oh. really interacting with people. And okay. so I would also say like to your point, the reason I think we ended up that way and the people that you know who were interns ended up that way is because like the internship probably didn't line up with you know ultimately like the path they wanted to go like for me yeah doing development at like a big company reading scripts and stuff like getting into that realm wasn't necessarily the path i wanted to take um it was just one that you know i didn't like seek out that internship it just was handed to me so i okay I took it but I think had I taken internships that were a little bit more relevant, it probably would have been um, better. Not I think that, also what I would have development's not relevant. It is it just yeah. You know, at the time I, wasn't I think that especially because you know our bills should be pretty low when you're right out of college. Um, I should have what I should have done is like places like the WB and uh, all these major studios have like apprenticeship mentorship programs where it's like they're like directing for tv program and yes. you know where you go and you apply and all that i wish i would have maybe not an internship but i wish i would have gotten involved in one of those definitely because that I, is I like didn't even know they existed to be honest i wish i did yeah i did too i i i wish too i did not know uh, i wish i would have gotten involved in one of those because that kind of grooms you because the, all these production companies have tons a lot of it's tv a lot of it's uh directing for tv uh, a lot of these production companies and studios have so many TV projects going that they kind of just, as long as you don't fuck up and piss anyone off, they're just kind of streamlining you into directing uh, their TV shows when you're yeah. done with the program. And I and I may you know I haven't even looked into them anymore because I just I am not going to do them now. Uh, maybe we were too young. I don't know because maybe you have so. to have I mean, a certain amount like, of experience. You probably do. I, you do. You have to apply with like a, a reel and stuff. And I guess that goes into kind of my first thing, which is, um, okay. I wish I would have made more things constantly. Um, specifically yeah. like my own things, you know, I spent a lot of time mm -hmm. in school making other people's things, which was really good yep. experience because kind of it put the, the burden on them more so than me. And I could kind of just learn while without the pressure of it being like all on my shoulders, but at the same yeah. time, yep. I wish I would have put more things on my shoulders and like been more aggressive about just like constantly making projects that I wanted to make that represent the type of things that I want to make. Uh, because a lot of times when you're making yeah. other people's things, you don't get to choose. I mean, you do, but you don't, you're just along for the ride. So it's not like your vision your taste per se you know like one of the things that i made was a a prisoner of war drama which was good but like it's it doesn't represent necessarily like i wouldn't necessarily want to show that as something that's representative of like the type of movies that i want to make so yeah. i wish i would have no, made I, more I, projects I, like that 
And also in this day and age when digital is so, in retrospect, cheap to do, I agree. I, I wish I would have taken of the fact that we had computers that could edit digital footage. Uh, we had access to a lot of equipment and friends, and I wish I would have shot a lot more of what, and I say we, but me and Alex, the reason we work together is because our tastes are very similar. I wish we would have shot more stuff that we liked. Um, you know, uh, Wonderful Death, that was fun. It was very yeah. educational, learned a lot. Um, not necessarily what I want to shoot, um, but you know, I take that as a learning experience, but I, I wish we would have, uh, you know, shot some horror. Um, yeah. There's so many creepy places around USC that we could have shot, and we used them for one for uh, hypnotismus. Um, totally. But yeah, I'm with you. I would. I, Not only that, making but I think things more more frequent. Go ahead. Yeah, but I yeah. think um, just I think there's a something that we've mentioned multiple times in this podcast at some point. I think is um, the idea that when you're younger, when you're a student or when you're right out of college or like, you know, in your twenties, it's easier to like gather people together to make things um, because uh -huh. you all are kind of in the same scenario. But like, once you hit like 30, you know, some of your friends have kids. Um, some of your friends are like, you have like friends getting married every five weeks. So you have like weddings yeah. to go to all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, and also people have like settled into nine to five jobs. So it's harder for them to take time off or, or, you know, put the effort into it. So when you're younger, it's a lot easier to sort of like grind and do those projects that are, you know, more interesting to you that you want to just sort of bootstrap instead of, um, you know, finding someone to give you like $5 million so that you can actually <laughs> pay yeah. yourself and not have to worry I mean, about all the responsibilities yeah. of life in college and out of college, um, right out of college, sweat equity is, is the best currency. You, you say, I'll work on yours. If you work on mine at go away. But now it's like, no, you work on mine. I don't know if I can work on yours. Cause I have all this other shit I gotta do too. Um, so it's okay. tough. It's tough to get people together. Um, you to work for free unless you have people who really believe in your stuff. So yeah, I would definitely agree with you. Shoot more things more frequently that you want to shoot. Um, yeah. You know, work on the project. And, and again, also like Alex was saying, when you come out of college, you have a little more freedom to just take chances. Like no one's expecting you to like make a movie that is mind blowing. So you could do some weird stuff. You could, you know, try and make a horror film that's kind of weird and kooky and all that. And it's not going to really hurt you in the long run. It may actually help you because you're able to put something together. Yeah, exactly. All right. What's um, your next one, Trevor? And so my next one is in the realm of shooting more things constantly, which gives you a good reel. Now me and Alex go back on this forth on this all the time, getting an agent or a manager, you know, it's tough. You, think they you want them to work for you and they do they take some of your money which is okay but me and alex go back and forth all the time should we get an agent should we get a manager um and i would explore that more when i got out of college yeah. or even was at even like 25 27 you know getting an agent because they or a manager, they supposedly work for you and they're trying to get you out there because they only make money when you make money. So 
they're just another set of feet on the hit the pavement to get you work. Um, totally. And it so, does, yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. It is something that I think about and question all the time. And um, it actually, I think, goes into one of mine as well, which is finding a bit like my big goal as a filmmaker and sticking with one path towards that goal, which I think goes towards the point of like the agent, right? So early on, I would say I was pretty not focused on what I wanted to do. I went into distribution. Um, I went into cinematography. I thought I wanted to do like producing, um, you know, all these things, right? Which it's hard to get yep. an agent when you don't have sort of like a specialty because agents thrive on pitching someone with a specialty, right? Like they want, yep. they want like the person on the roster that's like the best, you know, cinematographer. DP. Like that's what they want to yeah. do. Um, and All so on that, yeah. And so I think I do, I do wonder about the idea of getting an agent, but I think in order for that to have happened, I would have need to needed to be way more focused on like a singular path. And I do think, um, you know, I do think about that often, like, is that better? Uh, would I have liked that? I don't know, because I do, you and I both, one of the other reasons we work so well together is that we both like doing so many different things. It's not an, it's not mm -hmm. a matter of like, we don't trust other people to do things. It's just that we like doing them, you know? And so yeah, I, I like um, lighting and I like directing yep. and I like writing and I like editing and yeah. I like doing effects and sound design. I like, I like all of it. I like special effects. Special effects are like what me got, got me interested in the film industry in the first place. So it's like, I just want to do it all. I understand that like, it's not the best, probably most ideal way to do it. Um, especially if you want a career. Um, so that's something that maybe I would consider changing. Yeah. Yeah. I, but man, I, and that's one of those things, like looking back at that, like, I don't know if I would like granted, it's easy to say that now and it'll be even easier to say it once you know, one of these multitude of ideas we, we have get off the ground. Um, you know, one of our horror films, if it gets made, is something that's a lot easier to say, like, well, we did it this way without an agent because we want to do it all. Like, me and Alex like editing our own things. We like, you know, we want to get into sound design. I mean, we'd like to be a one-stop shop. Like, a, a pr we, we have a production company because we want to do all facets of production. Um, and so it's hard to say, like, would I like, hey, I'm just going to be, a director. I just want to direct. Um, I know a lot of people who like that, who just sit there and like, I just want to direct. That's all I'm focused on. And then later down the line, they're like, okay, well, you know what? I, you know, I'm like, like uh, Robert Rodriguez, he directs, he edits, he does the music. Uh, I think he does the coloring. Um, he also operates. Maybe the he's given up a lot of times. Also operates the camera. And I think he's kind of maybe given up a little bit of that as time has gone on and the projects have gotten bigger, but like, that's, I don't know if I would say I wanted to focus on one, big goal other than the goal being we're just a production company because yeah there's things we want we'll need to farm out there's things that we don't want to do but a lot of the things that come go into making a film we'd like doing and want to do uh so it's tough I, I get what you're saying though it's a lot easier to market yourself one thing than if you're well i have a production company and we do it all um you know it's it's tough it's tough it's 
I feel in this day and age, it's a little bit easier to market yourself as a like a Swiss Army knife, only because that means you're cheaper and it's all about money. Right. Um, uh, but but that also is not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, you know, if you specialize exactly. and you become like the best at whatever it is that you're specializing in, you can charge like top dollar. Then of course that's pretty nice. True. Pretty nice. True. But if you if you got into this industry thinking you're gonna be a millionaire, like you know, what five percent of people who are in this industry, then uh, man, you're uh, you're in tough goings. Um, Definitely. So yeah, um, but yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. It would have made it a lot easier to market yourself to an agent or a manager if you wanted to do like even just a writer director. Um, Right. Like I'll write my own stuff and direct it. That's a lot easier than saying like, Oh, I'm a writer director. I also like to dabble in, uh, lighting and, uh, you know, sound design and VFX and all that. It's, that's tough. Um, so I get where you're coming from. I still, I still don't know. It's, it's tough. I, I it's, it's also because we, we know what I, this sounds so douchey. We know what our vision is. Um, and it's really hard to give up control of that to someone else who doesn't, you know, who doesn't, necessarily see eye to eye on the things we do but that's part of collaboration but at the same yeah. time it's like i would say oh, it's less, just giving it's up less that power that. to me it's less of that although i do get it i mean i, I do there is a certain part of me that's like you know what I, I i know how i want it i can just do it like easy yeah exactly but, it's faster um, and quicker and easier but it does to me have more to do with the idea that and we've talked about this in other episodes but um the industry is so sort of inefficient there's like, you know, yeah. a lot of people sitting around um, and it, it's needed for like giant projects for sure. Like I'm not saying it's it's not necessary to have like a ton of people and equipment that you don't ever yeah. use and like all that stuff. It's needed for those types of things because of the way they're structured. But if you're making like, you know, a smaller budget thing, a medium budget thing, you can get away with a lot more. You can be more creative with your choices. You can plan ahead yeah. and uh, make decisions and um and be more mobile having, and like, fluid launch yeah yeah and i so. mean th it shocks me to this day i live in downtown and there's like you know there was i don't say i can't say there is now but there was you know sh uh film sets every day of the week like i could walk down one place in downtown and somebody would be shooting and it just boggled my mind how many people were being used for a commercial like a yeah. commercial um even though well, commercials are getting people Hey, mayonnaise ain't going to sell itself. No. Speaking of, yeah. this is brought to you by our sponsor, QP uh, Japanese Mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, QP, my favorite brand. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a real brand. It's delicious. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Like, we, I mean, I don't know. I just, as as someone who went through film school and did all the roles, like, I as if we were directing our thing, I would still pick up a C stand and, and and even though I know it's a union, but like I would just like help them unload a truck. Like it's just like I don't want to be involved in it all because we just like doing it all. Um, I know that is true. So I mean, I remember so like one of the early things I did was a a web series back before like web series were saturated. It was like no, oh, you're dating the red, yourself. The red one had just come out, and it was like one of the first web series to actually have a budget granted it wasn't like that much of a budget it was like 20 grand or so um yeah but was this asylum it was asylum yes okay and i produced i came on as a producer on that and 
like literally my job as producer not only encompass producing but i was like literally unloading the truck with the grips and and the gaffers because like it was just there was a grip and a gaffer and that was it and so then i i had to just jump in there and start helping unload helping them load at the end of the day um like helping them with an extra hand like with lighting setups if they needed it um even even coming down to like driving the truck you know on certain days i had to drive the truck so it's like that kind of stuff you can't do on bigger budget stuff you can't do on union projects um but at the end of the day i mean it it was fine with just us like we didn't necessarily need more people it's just if you have if Mm -hmm. you have to stick to your like quote-unquote union role um on a project and you can't like sort of cross over then maybe you, you do need the extra people you know but if you can um true if you can kind of like jump back and forth and sort of help each other out, you can get away with a lot more yeah. with a smaller crew. Anyway. Hell, I mean, like we said on this podcast before too, we've shot a short with, it's literally just you and me as yeah. actors, uh, camera, uh, sound, uh, granted there was no real sound, but like it was just me and you and, and totally. that was fun as hell. Um, that was fun. And, uh, and we, we got just got to do whatever we wanted to do. LA with that back in the day, got yeah. interviewed, movie yeah, making magazine, in, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so my last one, my last one is um, now this one, this one's still like this one's, this one's putting salt in a wound. That's still open. Uh, <laughs> uh, I still kick myself because of this um, new business partner. So I get it. I, I'm, the, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I need to find someone who Smarter and does more better. work while I sit on my ass and drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, it's so I took a couple writing classes in college, and one of my writing professors was Mark Martin. Who don't know who Mark Martin is? He was like best friends with Sorsese. He wrote New York, New York. He wrote Raging Bull. I think he had something to do with Taxi Driver. You know, a lot of Scorsese movies. You, you know, um, kind of semi heard yeah. of projects, semi heard of uh, movies. So he was one of my professors, and I wrote a script for his class, and. He told me the only one in the class that was getting an A, not that it mattered, but that was because I would listen to his notes and make the appropriate adjustments and that he wanted me to continue writing the script. This is my senior year, so I'm graduating. He wanted me to continue writing this and give it to him uh, to go over and continue to mentor me and all that, and I just never did. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Uh, Academy Academy nominated screenwriter wants me to write, basically be my mentor and write with him. And I didn't do it. Uh, I don't know why. I think I was like, oh, he just says it to all the students. I didn't think it was actually true. Um, I was just graduating. So then I was like, oh, I have a job now. I have money. So I'm going to go, you know, go to the bars, you know, stuff like that. And I, I to this day, I j- it just kills me that I was still like, I did never did that because who knows what that would have led to, and and it's also the fact that I should have writ- written more in college um, because we were surrounded by people who would be willing to read scripts and you know help help us out with them. Um, so that was the big one that that I wish I would have done. Uh, and so I guess for people who may not have that opportunity in college, it's just write, write more. I wish I, I wish I wrote more when I was younger and I didn't have as much responsibility because uh, as you saw on Filmmaking Central, it's tough now to write, especially when you have a kid. Um, yeah. 
And back then, all I had to do was, you know, go to a job from 10 to 10 to four usually. And I would just sit at home and I would, uh, I, I wouldn't write. Um, and, and I should have, uh, because that was the best time. I think a lot of these, a lot of these are going back to when we should have done a lot more when we had more time. <laughs> yeah. I think that is pretty much kind of what it comes down to. And I think, um, yeah. with that too, it's easy to get, it's easy to, uh, I, there's a saying I think that goes with what I'm trying to say, but I can't think of it, but it's easy to just see like what's right in front of you. And so like you had this pretty like nice job you had like benefits, like you're putting yeah. money away for retirement, like things that I never even dreamed of doing at that age. Um, yeah, it was had, automatic. It's not like I set that up. That was just part I'm of just the saying deal. it was a good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you weren't really worried about it, you know, and you didn't necessarily like you were kind of like, hey, coasting along on this pretty sweet gig. Um, yeah. And so like, why even worry about the time that's drifting away slowly t until you die? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then boom, before I knew it, five, five years had gone by and I was like, man, I am, I got to yeah. get on my film career. And then I left to go to Larry. So, I mean, it exactly. did work and out. Larry, but, yeah, Larry was kind of you. the same in my, in my opinion, like Larry yeah. was, was like, you know, I, you were there more than I was, but I, I was only there like mm -hmm. three days a week um, for sometimes only like a couple hours a day. It would yeah. depend. And I, I mean, we did a lot of stuff with our production company and like, you know, side gigs and, and things like that. But mm -hmm. we didn't, I, in my opinion, put enough effort into um, like writing our own stuff, uh, nope. producing our own stuff and nope. things like that. We were always kind of, I would say by the time we, we wanted to do it, we were already like in the mode of having to think about how we're going to make our next dollar, which is, yeah. which is a bummer because like when you have a production company, you have bills to pay and things like yep. that. Uh, and when you're an adult, yep. you have bills to pay. Um, so <laughs> you do end up making a lot more decisions based on like, when's that dollar coming in? Cause I need it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and a lot of the nights that were spent at our studio were editing for clients and, you know, renting yeah. out the studio to film stuff, stuff that we had no desire to do, but it paid the bills. Um, exactly. And that is one downside of having, you know, a studio, a bunch of equipment and having bills and having credit card company credit cards, um, and so like, I think, yeah, I mean, most of the, all my three were like, I wish I would have dove more in when I had more time. Uh, you yeah. got one left. I do. And um, it's kind of in line with yours too, writing more scripts. I wish I would have read more scripts. It was something that wasn't even, I, I never even thought about it, to be honest. Like when I was in college, um, mm -hmm. you know, I took screenwriting classes and I would write, I would do, um, writing and stuff and you know, I'd read the projects that were handed to me for like other reasons, but I never sat down and just read, you know, award-winning scripts or like scripts for movies that I liked, which I think would have helped a lot, you know, had I, had I done that, uh, just in my own sort of storytelling, um, learning how, um, the projects that I like are structured and things like that. And yeah, I don't know. I just think that would have been helpful. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I think. I think even now, it's like I read scripts that are in the similar vein, or watch the movie of movies that are in the similar vein to a script I'm reading uh, or writing. Um, so I don't. I don't think that's bad advice at all. I used to. I used to actually. Um, God, my allergies are what? <laughs> Looks like I'm doing coke. Um, 
I used to read a script, then go through it a second time and write my director notes. And then I'd watch the movie and see if my director notes lined up with what the director did in that scene. Uh, just a little tip out there if you guys want to give that a go. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I agree. Scripts is, I, st- I still like reading scripts. Like I, we're, uh, we're writing a, um, uh, script right now about a police officer, a horror movie with a police officer. And I was, I read, um, end of watch just to kind of get an idea of, the structure of a police, you know, patrol and that kind of stuff. And so I think it definitely helps whenever you can, if yeah. you're in the middle of a script, about to write a script or just thinking about a script, read some screenplays, uh, read some scripts that are either similar or ones that you just like just to see. I actually fell down the rabbit hole that people kept saying, Oh my God, everyone needs to read the Michael Clayton script. It's like the, it's like the definition of the perfect screenplay. And so that's next on my list. And I haven't read it yet. I've watched the movie, but I haven't read it yet. So that's yeah. next on my list. I, I want to read that one. And speaking of with that one, we do have on Filmmaking Central 100 or so screenplays that you can download um, and read at your leisure. So go yeah. ahead and check that out, filmmakingcentral.com. Um, I don't yeah. have the exact link, but it's on there somewhere. You'll find it. I have faith in you. <laughs> Too many links. Too many I have links. faith in you. But I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of regrets, not many, but some. Uh, if we could do it all over again, but, uh, not too, not too bad. Uh, you know, we got a podcast that two people seem to like, Yeah. uh, so can't complain. (laughs) And like, and, and it's funny because if, if, and when our projects, our bigger projects take off, we'll look back and be like, man, well, it brought us to this path. So what would we, why would we change anything? Cause we are where we are. But in hindsight, it's very easy to look back and be like, oh, there's things I would have done differently that maybe had, would have, uh, you know, changed things up a little bit, uh, just made and made it a little easier, easier like and a little quicker. resistance, you know, quicker, faster. Yeah. That's what it's all about. But, but that, the, the reality but, of it is like, if you look at like dr- successful directors, like the median age of successful directors, it's like 45, 50. I know. You know? I continue to see all these pictures of directors on the first day of shooting. They're all gray and old. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, and who's to say that in this fickle ass industry, it would have been less resistance. Who knows? Yeah. Like, who knows? There's so much resistance in any way you go across it. Like, you know, people that we went to school with who got great writing gigs and, you know, uh, 40 under 40 are still struggling to get their next project off the ground. It's, it's a, it's a grind. This oh, whole it's industry, a, it's a grind. No matter which way you whole, slice it. Exactly. 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 But uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this industry. Uh, for this, this industry. <laughs> Screw this industry. I'm done. Screw this industry. Uh, no, this episode since we gave they gave the uh, doom and gloom. Uh, that's going to do yes. it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, you can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com. And don't forget to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere that podcasts can be found and subscribe to our podcast. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating on our podcast if you feel so inclined. (laughs) Yes, podcast, podcast. If you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section and we will try to answer them. Also, if you're in the mood, head on over to nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash beer and buy us a beer. We'll even give you a shout out on the next episode. And also, don't forget to head over to fearlessfilmmakers.com to join our growing community of filmmakers. And we will see and talk to you guys next time. Later.